If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for August 5th, 2012. And today, the study is entitled Red Alert, End Time Current Events for today's date. And the reason I did that was because we're going to be discussing a myriad of different things that are breaking, have been building sometimes for years, leading up to the coming martial law in America. Evidence of that uh, on many different pieces of evidence. We're not just going to be looking at one aspect of this. We're going to be looking at many different aspects of what could actually trigger this, you know, and um, talked about this briefly in the past, but the, the whole front end of this study is going to be pretty much devoted to that, uh, different aspects of that, and then, and World War Three, as well, regarding talking about that quite a bit as well. Uh, we're going to then be doing a Bible study on the Lord's protection, because you look at this type of information, and it's very easy if you're just looking at the information alone to get, you know, down in the dumps type of deal. And I, it's not why I'm here. It's not why I'm here is to depress people or, or to, um, but I'm here to warn, like a watchman does. The the Bible talks about the watchman in Ezekiel three and Ezekiel thirty three. And if he doesn't warn the city that there's bad stuff coming, I'm paraphrasing obviously, uh, then you know, the blood of the people that are destroyed will be on the watchman's hands, and, and I don't want that to be uh, myself. I'm, I'm here to warn, and then I think the best thing we're, we're to do is to pray fast and to prepare. Stay close to the Lord Jesus Christ, and realize that, you know, the fear of man bringeth a snare. So, all the things that we talk about Although there's a lot of factual knowledge we can present, I'm not here to put the fear of man. We need to have the fear of God. The fear of God is actually the remedy for the fear of man. And the fear of man bringeth a snare. We don't want to be in our mindset where we're dwelling on all the bad stuff. We need to be looking to the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ. That needs to be where we're drawing our strength from, from the Holy Spirit that lives inside a born-again, Bible-believing Christian. And having the faith to believe that he can, you know, deliver you. And now, I'm not saying there's not going to be martyrs in the coming days. Obviously, the Bible's real clear on that as well. But no matter what we face, uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. And that includes worst-case scenario. So, just wanted to throw that in at the very start as well. We're going to, like I said, do a little Bible study in that area. And then the next part of the study will be in regard to um, the coming possible pandemic, which I focused on for a long time, and to the point where I did a 14-city tour in 06 on the avian flu, when that was there, and what that could, and, and what, how they're gearing up for that, how the Pentagon 
is actually gearing up for it, and, and some of the the telltale signs that that indicates that that might be be coming, uh, because to me that would be from a logistical standpoint the best way to implement martial law would be through some type of pandemic scenario, because they can do things with a medical pandemic scenario with martial law. They wouldn't be able to pull off if it was just, let's say, they're locking us down because there's some civil war or something like that. Um, I think they could disarm people much more readily and effectively in a pandemic scenario because people will be desperate. And it won't be a big problem for them to turn in their guns if they supposedly are going to have the remedy for the actual whatever pandemic that they're... And I'm sure that that's going to be the scenario. So I've just always believed that would be, from a logistical standpoint, a much better approach for the New World Order. It would be smarter for them to do it that way. Not only that, but in that particular scenario, if, you know, millions and millions and millions of people died, well, then they accomplished that goal as well, without even having to fire a shot. So... Again, I can't be totally dogmatic, but we're, we're kind of here to give you many different sides of the issue. You pray about it and, and see which direction the Lord leads you in. Um, and then we're going to be looking at some other things, Dr. Oz, um, regarding the vaccine issue and how he won't vaccinate his own children, but he recommends them to everyone else. And then a, a listener testimony regarding military vaccines that he received. So, we'll go ahead and get started. First article is entitled London Olympics False Flag Diversion or Prelude. And it starts out by saying too many people are, quote, getting it for the string pulling cabal to be comfortable. In, in other words, there's people that are waking up right now to, like, the information that we're going into on a weekly basis through different alternative media. And most of the alternative media do not point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Or if they do, they do it in a very lukewarm way. You know, they're, Most of the alternative media, if they do that at all, um, they're, it's, it's typically man-centered. What are we going to do? How are we going to act? And I understand there's a certain amount of, of um, acting on truth that you need to do, but who are you relying on for your guidance, protection, providence. Is it the Lord Jesus Christ or is it your own mind? Again, most of the alternative media gets part of it, but they don't get the other part right. So you can glean a lot of things from outlets like Intel Hub and Alex Jones and these types of things. And and when you see different, uh, Dredge Report, those types, when you see different Stories from unrelated sources confirming one another, you know, and also many times it's confirming things that you've known from years before. It's just building to a point. Well, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. So, what they're saying here is too many people are actually getting it for the string-pulling cabal to be comfortable. There's too many people that are waking up right now, is what they're saying. The Colorado shooting scam is way too obvious for too many, and the militarized Olympic Zion Fest is a blatant bread and circus 
socialist propaganda ploy. And um, they do a lot with with the whole um, with the Olympics. There's you know like if you take the the logo for the Olympics, you can make the word Zion in there, meaning the Zionist. In other words, the Illuminati highest Illuminati cabal that specialize in Kabbalistic witchcraft that are pretty much at the head of the food chain for the Illuminati. But I don't call them Jews. They are of the synagogue of Satan type of thing. Okay, um, The Bible says they call themselves Jews, but they are of the synagogue of Satan in Revelation. So that's how I would refer to them. And uh, so that's what they're in reference to here. So going further, it says that's why they need another mega shocker like 9-11 to keep the program in line. That or a series of carefully planned similar false flags that accomplish the same purpose. In other words, they need a really big catastrophe in order to really be the last piece in place to implement martial law, and I would say really martial law, World War III and the New World Order, and the coming of the Antichrist and the false prophet, for them to come on the scene. All of that, I believe, is going to be kind of wrapped up into one big package. So I'm not saying the big one's going to be at the Olympics, but it may, as there will most likely be some type of, quote, event to justify the security scenario there. I mean, the security there is unreal. I mean, they've got, like, guys with rocket launchers on the roofs and all kind of stuff. It's like a police state, essentially. So, now they're saying here that most likely it's going to be at the at the end of the uh, final ceremony. Okay, there was a lot of speculation. It might be at the opening. Um, but they're saying the closing scenario would be the most likely. Now, I'm not saying that's the case at all. I'm just kind of here, okay, if this does happen, I don't want it to be a subject that I didn't even ever cover. You know, I mean, yes, I mentioned the London Olympics in, like, the last teaching, I think, but I didn't really get into very much on the closing ceremonies, the potential for that. So, uh, let's go further. Just as we track their trends and obvious motives, they're monitoring the pulse of the masses, as well as the alternative community. And when people get too alert and awake, they drop another bomb. Allegorically, literally, or both. They'll do whatever's necessary. The masses must be kept under the spell. So here's a picture of uh, Joseph Goebbels, the Nazi propaganda minister. And he says, quote, If you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. And that's what mainstream media is. Whether it's print, internet, television, that's what the mainstream media machine is. It's controlled by the most wicked people on the planet. The people at the very top of the food chain. The elitists, the globalists, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them. Okay? And they're in direct control by Satan and his fallen angels and demons and devils. So there's, they're an extension of Satan, essentially. So that's why you got to be real careful what, you know, news media, you know, you're in, you know, any, any type of mainstream news media, CNN, MSNBC, whatever, they all fall into that category. So the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 12, if a ruler hearkened to lies, all his servants are wicked. So when you have the most, by far, I'd say, overtly, by far, the most wicked president we've ever seen. If a ruler hearkens to lies, well, that's all he is. is, is his, his life is a lie. Everything about the guy is a lie. Every time he talks, every time I hear a soundbite from him, he's lying. 
That's all the man is capable of. He is a pathological, serial liar. And we're going to talk a little bit more about him. It says, if a ruler hearkens to lies, all his servants are wicked. I mean, you, you look at why, if, if he's the head, now I understand it's been this way for a long time, but it's, it's waxing worse and worse. You know, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. That word wax means to grow. Deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13. So, he's <laughs> total pure evidence of 2 Timothy 3.13. And they're deceiving, and they are themselves deceived, as that Bible verse says. So, you know, they think that they're serving Satan, and he's going to be the, they're on the winning team, and all. I mean, they're, they're completely, demonically deluded in their thought pattern. But, if a ruler hearkens to lies, all the servants are wicked. So, when you see the government so wicked, and just, it's so obvious that, you know, Democrat, Republican, whatever. They're just two sides of the same rotten coin. Uh, One can put on a facade one way for a while, but then when the rubber meets the road, they'll typically cave into wickedness. Yes, there's certain concessions that are are given to the masses from time to time, but for the most part, we're moving in the wrong direction. I don't think any of us could argue with that. So, Proverbs 19.5, A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. Psalm 63.11 But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. So all these liars that are at the, again, kind of the top of the food chain, whether it's the political process, Hollywood, whatever, you name it, their mouths are going to be stopped. It may not be until they get into hell, but their day is coming. Psalm 62, 1 through 5 says, Truly my soul waiteth upon God, from, from him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. They only consult to cast him, meaning God, down from his excellency. They delight in lies. See, they, they delight in them. It's not like they're lying and they feel bad about it. They delight in them. People that are habitual serial liars like that, They revel in it. It's their craft. And they want to see how good they can get at their craft. Because it's what they do best. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Selah. Meaning pause and reflect on what you just read. So they can come up and bless you with their mouth, but inwardly they're cursing you. You know? And again, so much of what I, I hear from Obama sound bites and a lot of the, the politicians and a lot of people at, at that level, it's what it reminds me of. You know they're lying. You know maybe they might be acting like they're blessing you with their mouth, but inwardly they're cursing you. And then the next verse, My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. So again, kind of where we, we need to have our eyes there. So, there's a maintenance plan for the big lie behind it all. If the power of the lie starts to wane, you have to beef it up again. It's as simple as that. It's like someone coming out from under anesthesia. If you don't want them to wake up, yet you have to re-administer the drug once more. People are waking up collectively and individually, no doubt. 
Even mainstream news commentators are catching on and demanding answers to the latest round of staged stupidity. Believe me, they're watching, meaning the Illuminati. Um, or the elitist, globalist, whatever you want to call them. Things will be evolving quickly, no doubt, but if you're aware of motives and trends and who's who, you won't be caught off guard. Just keep an eye out for the closing ceremony of the Olympics, uh, which is 12-8... Oh, no, 8-12 of 12. Okay, so it's the 12th of this month. It could be significant. Be on your toes, because something's very likely about to sideswipe all of us so hard, it's going to make our heads spin. Now, I've seen all kinds of scenarios, you know, false flag event, uh, UFOs, that's been a big one, too. There was supposedly a UFO over the opening ceremonies that people recorded and these types of things. A lot of the ascended master crowd saying they're going to make possibly make their big debut, you know, on that. Now, you know, listen, it's all, it's all a lie from the pit of hell, but I just kind of want to kind of throw that out there so that if something does happen, you've heard, you've heard about it and, and you're aware of it as well. Uh, I'm not saying that it's going to. I hope it doesn't. But it could be, you know, I mean, that, that Olympics, I mean, it couldn't be any more evil in its symbology. And I, I've had a lot of people want me to, like, analyze that. All these different New Age things and all the different... Um, Symbols and signs that they're using the Olympics in that video, that goat thing that came out. It's called the Heliphant or whatever. I just don't have time to get into all that stuff. I think Mike Hoggard's way better at doing that kind of stuff anyway. I just, if I started going down that road from a ministerial standpoint, I could not do these studies. There's no way. I'm trying to concentrate more on stuff that's going to affect us directly. Me analyzing a cartoon video about some goat that, or in that has this fake Jesus figure and all of these really weird symbols and yeah, it's, it's pure evil, it's straight from the pit of hell. I, I just can't see going down that road. I just don't have the time. There's too many breaking current events uh, to do that. And I, like I said, I think Mike Hoggard does a better job at that anyway. Okay, so. Um, I'm not saying it's not significant or important, but there's so many important things. I'm trying to really focus in on things right now that could literally affect us with the current event stuff. Whereas what I'm trying to do with the newsletter, yes, those things could greatly affect us, but I can't cover every, every subject anymore. So if you notice what I've done is I've been putting out a whole lot more newsletters lately, both the health and the uh, Christian end time current event stuff. A lot of that is overflow, what I can't cover in these studies. And a lot of it is things that maybe won't affect us on a day-to-day basis, but yet we, we need to be made aware of, so from a prayer standpoint, that type of thing. Um, so just so you know, that's kind of been my thrust lately, because I've really got to prioritize. I can't, I get people that email me, you know, gigantic emails with tons of questions, I can't answer those, those emails anymore. There's no way. If you email me, please try to keep it brief. And because if it's too big, I can't, I cannot respond. There's just one person can only do so much. And, and I'm trying to answer every email that comes in, get the studies up, uh, put all this information together, get the PDF put together, you know, record the teaching, 
put it up online, send out the emails, keep up with all the current events, and answer all these questions. I've answered over, oh my word, it's like 12,000, 12 or 13,000 in the last year and a half. I've literally, I'm not exaggerating. I mean that, a literal number, 12 or 13,000 emails. Um, individual, not mass emailings. That, that's not even including the mass emails I've sent out, but um, that's how many I've answered. I'm not saying that to brag or like I'm feeling sorry for myself or anything. Just kind of so you have a perspective of how limited my time has become and because the, the ministry's really grown. Um, the, the email list is, oh my word. We're getting close to, a, since we've went automated, it's almost doubled. So you can imagine these are new listeners and they've never heard this stuff, so they're real inquisitive. And I, I, I hey, listen, I was there too. That's why I started this ministry a long time ago. Um, kind of for that reason, because when I got into this and I read that book, En Route to Global Occupation, which went into the whole United Nations and the New World Order and how the Freemasons are in, and, 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 and that's how I got saved, by reading that book, because it, uh, I believe about halfway through, it leads you, leads you to the Lord, essentially. Um, and that was back in 94. And I was hungry for that type of information. That was how I came to know the Lord, through that type of information. And as a result, I was looking for ministries, kind of as a baby Christian, that could provide like that end-time, cutting-edge, current-event analysis. But I wasn't seeing a lot of ministries, or, or a lot of the ministries that did do it, maybe, you know, they attacked the KJV or didn't use it at all. They were 501c3. They were bound up in some bad heretical doctrine. And then it was like, man, I have such a mixed feeling about this ministry. Because you're getting some truth, but how can I point people to it? So eventually I finally just got to the point where I started my own email list where I could kind of control the content of what was being said. And then I eventually, praise the Lord, started this own this uh, ministry where I could you know, control what we were talking about and, and try to eliminate the other things that I, I referenced there and give a synopsis with a PDF every week that people could focus in on. And, and um, kind of like one-stop shopping for the end times from a current event standpoint. Anyway, so let's go to the next article, and it's entitled Obama Observations. Psalm 12, verse 8, The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Now, if that's very similar to the verse I just read, if you think about it. If a ruler hearkens to lies, all his servants are wicked... Very similar if you think about that. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Well, we got the vilest man I I know of as president exalted right now. I, you know, it blows my mind when I see people driving around with Obama 2012 bumper stickers. Or even the ones from 2008. I can't even conceive in my mind how these people, after the last four years, how they could want four more years of it. Truly, when I see that, all I can think of is their consciences have been seared with a hot iron. The Bible talks about them in 1 Timothy 4.1. It said, The Spirit, Holy Spirit, capital S, speaketh expressly that in the end times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared 
with a hot iron. And I see those bumper stickers on people's cars, and I'm like, I cannot believe you would... I mean, if you're going to vote for Obama in private, that's one thing. But I cannot believe you would actually put that on your bumper, bumper and proclaim it to the world. I mean, it's like... I, I, I can't even comprehend it. I mean, talk about no shame. Uh, but I see him. I don't think I've, I've not seen one Romney bumper sticker yet. Now, I'm not saying Obama Romney. I'm not playing into that whole thing. You know, uh, the, the voting process is totally rigged. Just blackboxvoting.org. Go up and look at the HBO special they ran on on the voting fraud. I mean, it, it's it's been rigged for years. You know, so all this stuff about if you don't vote, then shut your mouth. Oh, give me a break. Your vote doesn't even count for nothing anyway. And both are paid. Are, all Romney is is I, they've been. He's been referred to as Obama light, like a lighter version. Like you know, you got Pepsi and Diet Pepsi. You know, well Obama be Pepsi and Romney be like, you know, Diet Pepsi. It's Obama light, and two sides of the same wicked coin. Maybe if Obama or if, if Romney does get an office, they won't be as quite as aggressive through him. But it, then it, that totally depends on what they plan to trigger under a given president. So Isaiah thirty two six says, "For the vile person will speak villainy, like evil. The vile person will speak villainy, and his heart will work iniquity to practice hypocrisy." It, I mean, people like that, they, they come off like they're... I, I hear the things the guy says, and he's the biggest hypocrite going when you hear Obama talk. And that's hypocrisy. You see, you hear him speak things, and he, he condemns a particular group, and he himself is so guilty in that area, it, it's just unbelievable. And yet he'll ignore his own hypocrisy and just focus in on something many times he just makes up. And then it goes on to say, and to utter error against the Lord, to make empty the soul of the hungry. See, if you follow Obama or anybody like him, or anybody in any cult for that matter, because if you if you're a cult leader, you are speaking hypocrisy, and you are a vile man exalted in, in you know that type of thing. And I'm just looking at this verse: a vile person will speak villainy; his heart will work iniquity to practice hypocrisy. That would describe a lot of the religious leaders of the modern day. To utter air against the Lord. And to make empty the soul of the hungry. See, the Bible says, while they, and in this particular case, it would be like more of a religious leader. But it's whoever you follow. A lot of people follow Obama in a religious standpoint. He was, he was referred to as the anointed one. Like the, the, the coming of the, of the Messiah. When, when he started to run his campaign, you know, there was all of these angelic, you know, like, he had this divine aura put upon him by the press. People, I mean, fainting and at, at, his, at his things and these types of things. There's a lot of devils and demons working at these, wherever he goes to speak as well. So when you see that, you're, you're, you're seeing the work of devils and demons. But it says, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is over the, overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. See, if you let a man overcome you, if you're in, and this could be a ministry that you're following, you know, if you let a man overcome you with bad doctrine, 
you will be brought into bondage. But it's not bondage like, you know, you walk around with shackles on that you can see. You can't see them. This is why I tell everybody, don't, don't follow me. I'm not here to be followed. I'm just here to hopefully point you in the right direction. You know, cursed be the man that trusteth in man and then maketh flesh his arm and his heart departeth from the Lord. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his word in the English speaking language, the King James Bible. That's where you need to put your trust, not me, not any man. While they promise them liberty. So they'll promise Obama hope and change, right? Promised them liberty. What is he giving? You know, the exact opposite of what he promised. And it's only going to get worse the longer he. Well, I'm, and again, I'm not saying Romney's going to be any better, but they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. And again, to reiterate this verse in Isaiah 32, 6, it says, to make empty the soul of the hungry. See, there are, their soul's already empty, and they just want to make sure it stays empty. The hungry soul, they think they're getting something when they follow a guy like Obama. You know, or a lot of these religious charlatans, or whoever your your idol may be, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, whatever. Garbage, all the garbage they have going on in Hollywood and that type of stuff, or some sports thing. If you follow anyone like that, they will make empty your soul. Your soul's hungry. And they'll, and they'll make sure it stays hungry. You may think it's being fed, but it's being fed on counterfeit. It's like counterfeit food. It's not real. That's why they're there, to make empty the soul of the hungry. And he will cause the drink of the thirsty to fail. Reminding me a lot of Obama. But again, a lot of... You could, you could put a lot of pe- people into that category as well. Um, now, again, these, this is just some observations on Obama I just read this week. World Daily Net writes, The truth in this case is that the current occupant of the White House lies about virtually everything of importance to Americans. Barack Obama has lied about his birth, his childhood, his education, his influences and associations, his religion, his accomplishments, his policies, his true beliefs, his plan for America's future. In fact, after more than three years as president, Obama's lying has become so embarrassing and undeniable that the only defense his supporters have uh, is to change the subject or to claim that Republicans do it too. So therefore, it's, you know, okay to do it. But as the docu- but as documented in the July if- issue of World Daily Net's uh, whistleblower magazine, which is entitled Why Obama Lies, America has never seen a chief executive mis- misrepresent the truth as deliberately, recklessly, and effortlessly as this one. It's almost like I said, with the New World Order in its final stages and plans, you get to a certain point where they're like, you know what, we don't even care anymore. We're just going to let it all... We're, we're not going to try to hide it anymore. You know, we're just going to be really flagrantly obvious. I mean, yeah, we'll say one thing to your face, but we'll do the exact opposite. And when you call us on it, we don't really care. We're just going to keep plowing ahead. Because we've, we've, we've come so far that you can't stop us now. That's their attitude. I think that's why they've got Obama where he's at. One, another columnist writes, 
The present U.S. corporate CEO, Obama, represents the epitome of lies and liars. Nothing about his past, present, or future reveals truth. He represents nothing of goodness. True to his master, Satan, he has a clever tongue and has deceived nearly everyone by a charade of evil. He, I wouldn't say he's deceived nearly everyone, because I think a lot of people have clued into this at this point. He is supported in his mission to complete the destruction of America and control the world by his entourage of evildoers, and his supposed wife who matches him as the queen of liars. Huge amount of evidence on the internet that, that Obama is gay, and has been gay for a... <laughs> going on way, way, way back. All kind of evidence. It's kind of funny. His, all his former gay lovers end up dead. Hmm. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Strange coincidence. Anyway, another columnist writes, The Obama administration is now running newspaper ads calling for people, including those in the country illegally, to apply for food stamps and other welfare benefits. 100 million Americans are now receiving some form of welfare, excluding Social Security and Medicare. This intentional outcome enforces the permanent re-election of the liberals and Democrats as their voters will not bite the hands that feed them. Now again, the voting process is all rigged. But if you have enough masses pushing for something, the illegal aliens, for instance... Okay, all the people that are dependent on the government. See, this is a huge one. Huge issue. Because they're not going to bite the hand that feeds them. You have got the unemployment rate, which isn't even remotely accurate. They say it's like 8 point whatever percent. That's not even remotely accurate. There's all kind of things that doesn't take into account. That's a rigged number. It's way higher than that. Way higher. So what happens? These people go and they apply for government help. Do you, there are millions and millions and millions of people right now totally dependent on the most wicked government this country's ever known. I'm not saying it's the most wicked government the world's ever known, but as far as in our history, as far as going back to when America was formed, it doesn't get much more wicked than it is now. So, that being the case... Okay, so I kind of lost my train of thought there for a sec. Sorry. My, my computer was doing some weird stuff. Um, you've got Obama now running newspaper ads, calling for people, including those in the country, illegally. Which is just insane. You know, it's like, okay, they got here illegally, they made it through, now let's reward them. Let's reward them for them doing something illegally. Sounds good to me. I mean, you know... Um, and I know I get emails from people defending that, you know, and, you know, if they're going to, they're going to believe the way they're going to believe, I'm going to believe the way I'm going to believe, you know, they're here illegally, bottom line, okay, so I understand everyone has their, their justifications for things, but I don't agree with it, and um, from a Law, lawful standpoint, there's no other country you could do this in on the planet except the America. They're the only ones because they are trying to destroy America from the inside out. And again, they, they're running newspaper ads calling for people, including those in the country illegally, to apply for food stamps and welfare and benefits. To just put such a burden on the system. The hospital systems alone, have many of them have almost collapsed because of the illegal aliens. They don't have to pay for nothing. 
And they go in there and they get free medical care. And it's... They're trying to do this on purpose. They're trying to get as many millions and millions of people totally dependent on the government by destroying any vestige of the middle class, creating an ultra-poor slave class and an ultra-elite class. That's why they're doing this. And again, as I said before, we've got the most wicked regime in place right now in America. And at the same time, you've also got the highest percentage of Americans ever dependent on that very same wicked system. (laughs) I mean, we're talking worst-case scenario here. So when things go bad, and all of these Americans whether they're here illegally or not, I guess you wouldn't call them Americans if they were here illegally, they're going to be dependent on that very wicked, evil system. And they're going to be looking to that very wicked, evil system for their hope, for their food and water and whatever else. And that's exactly where this country wants them. I think there's going to, this is going to be one of the ways they exterminate mass numbers of people. Because these people are not going to bite the hand that feeds them, And they're going to do whatever the system tells them to do. Including, come get your vaccinations, kiddies. Here, here's some, you know, whatever. And these people are going to do whatever they're told. They're already already dependent on the system. Just like the good old corporate 501c3 church is dependent on the government as well. For its right to exist. Because you gotta, you know, they gotta go get their 501c3 status so they can everybody can write it off on their taxes and they can get subsidies from the government. They're already yoked up with the beast system because that, that same 501c3 system is going to be amalgamated, it's going to be assimilated into the beast one world religion. So at some point they're either gonna have to just give in and say, well, let's just serve Antichrist and take the mark of the beast, or they're gonna have to get off that sat- satanic train. You know, a lot of them, and I've heard preachers say, well, bless God, you know, when they tell me what to start preaching, then I'll get on. No, no, you're already yoked up with the system. You've already signed the paperwork with the government that gave you your right to exist as a, as a supposed church. I don't, I don't want to even call you a church. You cannot have two heads. Anything with two heads is a monster. You can't bow the knee to Baal and, and to God. You can't have a satanic system form your church and then expect everything coming out of that same church to be holy and righteous and pure. And if that was the case, if the churches were better for it, meaning taking on this 501c3 status, which is 99.9% of all ministries in America, if the church were better for it, why is it producing such wicked, rotten fruit? I mean, where's the church at? Where's the salt and light? Regarding these issues that I mentioned on a week-to-week basis, I, these are these are issues they typically typically will totally ignore. Not all, but typically, for the most part, they're not going to get into this stuff. They might lose the five hundred one c three tax exempt status because they got to watch out what they preach on. You know, Caesar's getting ready to call in the chips. The benefit they've received from the five hundred one c three status with you know parishioners being able to write it off of their taxes and subsidies from the government and. The, the government not messing with them so much. That's all going to come to an end. The, the, the bill's going to come due pretty soon. I've done many teachings on this subject. Just key in 501 or 501c3 in the search box at uh, contendingfortruth.com. But the, the church reminds me a lot of this subject because they're yoked up with the government too. Just like all these other people in the welfare system. With food stamps, with whatever. All the different myriad of ways that the, 
the government set up. They created the problem. They created the illegal alien problem. They created the job shortage problem. They shipped all the, the, most of the jobs overseas. I mean, where I live alone. I mean, there's furniture factory after factory after factory totally shut down because they shipped all those jobs overseas. This used to be one of the main areas in the United States where they made, like, quality furniture. You know? Most likely not out of particle board, like all the furniture seems to be now. Or whatever they use. Press board or whatever. It's such a, it's, it's such a joke. And uh, so many of those jobs, they've purposely shipped all overseas to try and decimate the middle class. They've been doing this a long time. So, it goes on to say, this um, after it says that, the intentional outcome enforces permanent re-election of the liberals and democrats as their voters will not bite the hand that feeds them. Never mind that they are destroying the country and the people they profess to be helping. All they care about is control of the country by maintaining power themselves in power. While continuing to attack businesses not funded by the government, meaning you didn't build that, that was one of Obama's recent quotes where he said, if you have a successful business, you didn't build that. Yeah, I'm sure you heard about that. Anyway, he said he, meaning Obama, speeds up via public solicitation and advertising the implementation of the plan to bankrupt America by, quote, spending it into oblivion and establishing upon it a, the, the ashes, uh, and establishing upon its ashes a socialist, communistic state. And you probably can throw Muslim in there as well, because, you know, Obama's a Muslim, but he's also, he's got Muslim, communist, fascist, socialist leanings. Not leanings, he is. So, if if it were to go his way, that's what he would ultimately do, destroy the country totally from, you know, the bottom up or whatever, and then implement on its ashes the socialist, communistic, most likely we have Shahara law too, from the more the more I read about that. It'd be a real fun place to live. I mean, just really fun. Anyway, this mindset is foreign to the principles upon which this country was founded. Now, the second most listened to radio broadcaster in the country has publicly called Obama quote, the most evil president in history. Since we last wrote, he has signed still more executive orders in direct contradiction of our true original constitution. He is attacking the constitution with a machete in one hand and a box of matches with the other. Another report reads, in Tennessee, State Representative Kelly Kelsing is telling his constituents he believes President Obama plans to fake his own assassination and declare martial law all to avoid the election against Republican challenger Mitt Romney. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying this is a, this is a representative from Tennessee um, I mean, a congressional representative of Tennessee saying this. And again, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if this happened. The communications came in an email from a government email address in his office. Kessling forwarded the email along with the warning that the president is coordinating this ruse with the Department of Homeland Security. According to the Huffington Post, the rumor was apparently started by Florida-based conservative blogger uh, and they give a link to him, and was based on an article written by Doug Heyman and posted on CanadaFreePress.com. So, again, if something like that were to happen, I, I don't want that to be a subject I never, ever even touched on. I'm not saying it's going to, but I sure wouldn't put it past him. Okay, next article. 
Ayatollah, Iranian Ayatollah, um, well, let me just start reading. Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, told top Iranian military chiefs to expect, quote, war within weeks, end of quote, at a recent War Council meeting. According to Israeli news outlet, the Debka file, uh, I'm going to play this video here real quick. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and play this. Uh, it's a video, and I give you the link, but you're just going to hear the audio. This is an exclusive Debka file video production. On July 27th, just before Friday prayers, Iran's Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei summoned top Iranian military... Now, I really need to work on my accents and stuff, because, I mean, that guy just nailed it. And I pale in comparison to him, and I admit it. Anyway, I just want to throw that in. Perry Chiefs, for what he called their last war council. Debkafal's exclusive sources disclosed that he told the gathering, we will be at war within weeks. Each of the participants was tapped to report on the readiness of his branch or sector for shouldering its contingency missions. Retaliation was high on the agenda, but defense was higher, starting with the biggest fortification project in Iran's history for the protection of its nuclear program. Rocks are being gathered from afar, piled on nuclear installations covered with many tons of poured concrete. And Now, they're literally showing the satellite views of what this looks like after these structures have been covered with these rocks. Uh, they're trying to protect their, their nuclear where they're enriching like uranium and these types of things, and they're doing it in this way, but anyway. Finally, plated with steel, the strength and thickness of this armor plating are designed to hold up against U.S. and Israeli aerial and missile bombardment. That same Friday, the U.S. Air Force unveiled its new massive ordnance penetrators. Each bunker buster weighs 30,000 pounds and can penetrate 60 feet of reinforced concrete. In weighing retaliation, the War Council endorsed a battery of paybacks for potential U.S. and or Israeli preemptive strikes against its nuclear program. They would start by announcing enhanced uranium enrichment up to 60%, and that is close to weapons grade. Ballistic missiles would be loosed against Israel, Saudi Arabia, and American Middle East and Gulf military installations. Hezbollah in Lebanon and Hamas and Jihad Islami in Gaza are to pitch in against Israel. Saudi oil export terminals would be blown up in mines sown in the Strait of Hormuz to impede the export of one-fifth of the world's oil. Khamenei put before his war council a timeline of weeks for the coming conflict, September or October. This has been an exclusive Debkafile presentation. Okay, so... That was a lighthearted little video we just listened to. So even if there's people out there that say, I don't believe in the martial law scenario in America, you know, there's not going to be a false flag nuclear event on the soil. There's not going to be a pandemic. There's not going to be maybe a natural disaster that would trigger any of this. Okay. But do you believe there might be World War III in the Middle East? Because that's all it's going to take is World War III. And it's just a matter of time. It's an absolute total powder keg waiting to happen. And it's inevitable. It's not like Islamic doctrine is going to change tomorrow. Where they take out all the verses in the Quran where it says to kill and destroy Israel and the infidel. Okay, That's not going to change. Hardcore Islamic, um, the hardcore Islamic hierarchy, which control many of the governments in the Middle East... 
That's the only solution to totally annihilate and wipe out Israel, to wipe them off the map. As, as Yasser Arafat said, to drive them into the sea. That's the only solution. Man, woman, child, baby, it don't matter. That's not going to change. Okay? So, it's a matter of time before this happens. They believe Israel has to be destroyed. And the reason, a part of the reason they're getting so bold is because they believe that at any moment, the Imam Mahdi could return. Actually, what they really believe is that the Imam Mahdi, which is their awaited savior, will only return in the midst of massive bloodshed on both sides, essentially, of a fight. Their own blood as well. So see, they're not afraid to die. They think they're going to go to paradise and be with their, you know, 69 virgins or whatever it is. And white-skinned boys. And that's part of it. Uh, very disturbing. But this is their mindset. So they believe that, you know what? <laughs> We're going to have to die anyway to bring on the, the Mahdi? So we might as well just, you know, we, not, we, we need to get this, this party going here and, and get this thing rolling so that we can facilitate the return of our awaited Savior. That's what they believe. And that's why this war has to happen eventually. And when it does happen... All of the terrorist cells that have been here in America, where they've been able to sneak up through the open borders, they found Qurans, they found all kind of Islamic literature when they go and you know they see where, where the illegal aliens are coming in. I'm telling you. I've, I've reported on this. They've got cells all over America. They've had them for probably way over two decades. I learned about this early on. I learned about this like 15 years ago that they had these terrorist cells set up. Mainstream local news have reported on them. They're going to activate whatever they've been waiting to do, whether it's biologicals, whether it's a false flag dirty nuke, whatever they're going to do, they're going to try to inflict max damage and chaos. Martial law will come that very same day, and everything's going to be locked down. So when World War III happens, martial law will be here most likely that day or the next day. There's no way you're going to be able to separate the two. And that's just one scenario for martial law. There's many more other ways that that could happen. So, despite more substantive reports speculating that any decision to attack Iran on behalf of Israel has been delayed until the spring of 2013, a parallel narrative that a military strike could take place in September-October has been doing the rounds more recently. Whether Deb Kafal report is accurate or not, Iran has finalized preparations for the conflict with its recent announcement that it plans for closing the Strait of Hormuz, which is a key choke point through which 33% of the world's oil shipments pass every day are now complete. In other words, they could shut that off, Iran could shut that down, and then 33% of the oil that you know supplies the world is is uh, all of a sudden not coming out. That's a pretty big deal. One-third of all the oil. The United States responded last month by sending underwater sea drones. i got sea drones. i got air drones, sea drones. 
that would find and destroy mines and prevent Iran from being able to block the strait. U.S. aircraft carriers Eisenhower and Enterprise remained stationed in the waters surrounding Iran, supported by several smaller attack ships. Although U.S. Secretary of Defense Leon Panetta denied reports that his upcoming trip to Israel would include discussions on a potential time frame for attacking Iran's nuclear facilities, during a recent presidential visit, visit, candidate Mitt Romney signaled that he would back an assault on by Israel. According to the London Guardian, Israel leading Israeli military figures are opposed to attacking Iran in the short term, with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu insisting that he would make the decision. However, Chief of Staff Lieutenant, Lieutenant General Benny Gantz publicly denied that he is opposed to a strike and reaffirmed that the IDF will carry out orders to attack Iran's nuclear facilities if they are given. So, it's a very... Very tense situation. It's kind of like on the razor's edge right now. Wouldn't take a whole lot to tip it one way or another at this point. Iran's, in their mind, is fully geared for it. America, it sounds like, is is pretty much that way as well. And then you've also got Iran, who wants this. I mean, Ahmadinejad, the president of Iran, and then you got the Ayatollah Khomeini, Ali Khomeini, the other guy that we just talked about. They're both committed to wiping Israel off the map. And they again, I really believe, I think they think that they have to either provoke it or initiate it to the point where it will start to happen and they believe the Mahdi will come back and, and save them as a result of this, this supposed holy war, which is another word for the word jihad, holy war. So, next article. Uh, in a speech published on his website Thursday, Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad said the ultimate goal of the world forces must be annihilation of Israel. Okay? He's flat out stating this. The ultimate goal of world forces must be the annihilation of Israel. Not just Iran's, but the world. Speaking to ambassadors from Islamic countries ahead of Ode's Quod's Day, which means it's a holiday that they've got in Iran, I guess, and it's known as Quod's Day, which actually means Jerusalem Day. See, in Jerusalem, it's the third most holy site of Islam. That's one of the reasons they're so obsessed with getting, wiping out the Jews and getting um, that back. The Dome of the Rock is there, the third most holy site in all of Islam. And they view it like, well, these, these infidel Jews have this Islamic you know, holy site, of course, Islam controls the uh, pretty much that site right now, but obviously Israel is Israel, and they and they control their ever-dwindling pieces of land that they control, but um, they want to wipe, in their eyes, they want to wipe this infidel off their holy land, okay? So that's why they're so offended. So, speaking to ambassadors from Islamic countries ahead of Quod's Day, an annual Iranian anti-Zionist event established in 1979 by Ayatollah Khomeini, uh, Ahmadinejad added that liberating Palestine would solve all the world's problems. Although he did not elaborate on exactly how that might work, meaning liberating Palestine would be, I think it's his way of saying annihilating all the Jews there. Quod's Day is not merely a strategic solution for the Palestinian problem. 
as it is to be viewed as a key for solving the world's problems, he said. Uh, he also added, quote, anyone who loves freedom and justice must strive for the annihilation of the Zionist regime in order to pave the way for world justice and freedom. So, that's what good old Ahmadinejad said. I mean, that's he's right out in the open now. Ahmadinejad, who has called the Holocaust a myth, I'd like Ahmadinejad to maybe just sit him down for about three days and, and pr- play all the archived footage straight from the prison camps when they went in there after the war was over. And they got all that first-hand footage of, of the Jews, either gigantic, huge piles of, of, of bodies and, and, and um, the ones that were you know, basically half dead and, and all the carnage and sickness. And, and tell me that you know it's just a myth. A lot of people that call themselves Christians... I've heard very, very, very similar statements, emails I get from them. Oh, the Holocaust is a myth, and God's done with the Jews, and 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 this and that, and, and, and all this other stuff. And I'm like, do you realize who you're aligning yourself with when you make those statements? Do you realize how many people, wicked, evil people, would be in agreement with you when you state those things? I mean, you and Ahmadinejad just might as well get on the same page. You know? Or the Ku Klux Klan. Or a lot of these Christian cults that are out there. You know, British Israelism and Christian identity and, and, and the black Hebrew Israelite movement and all of these really weird cults that say oh, this replacement theology. God's totally done with the Jews. They're, they're done, they're over with. Don't even mention them. We have all replaced them. And I'm like, if you were to sit down with the Bible, how could you have possibly have come to that conclusion on your own? Well, I didn't. I read a book. Of course you did. Because that's usually where the problem starts. You read some book by some man who's demon-possessed or demon-influenced or, or some woman, and you buy into it hook, line, and sinker. And you start thinking, you're really something special. Because, no, I've, I've replaced the Jews. Okay, so you go to Revelation 7, which is firmly into the tribulation, and where God seals the 144,000, and he names them all by the tribes. Jewish male virgins, by tribe. And you're going to spiritualize that to say, oh no, that's the, that's the uh, Anglo-British races. Yes, that, the, the, the Bible doesn't mean what it says. I'm going to twist the meaning. Oh, okay. Well, that's how all cults get started, pretty much. All pseudo-Christian cults. They take some portion of the Bible, which is clear in what it means. I mean, clearly it says it right there. Oh, no, it doesn't mean that at all. Oh, thank you for, for acting as God on, on basically my behalf. Evidently, I need to go to you to get my, my source. You're, you're my source of truth now. God isn't. The Word of God isn't. I have to rely upon you to properly interpret it, which is what the Catholic Church has done for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. Oh, you can't interpret that, layman. That's what they did for tons of years when they didn't even have Bibles that, you know, anybody could even read. Only the, you know, priests could read it and interpret it and twist it. I just see a lot of wicked, 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 you know, Aryan, uh, the the skinheads, the, the, the Nazis, the Ku Klux Klan, the hardcore... Muslims, they're all on the same page. You have to you have to really question yourself if you're aligning yourself with that movement, who you're who you're actually aligning yourself with. I plan on getting into this subject in an upcoming teaching, 
on Israel. You know? Because uh, it's so obvious what the, what the Word of God says. It's so pitifully... Now, if you want to take one verse and isolate it and say, yeah, look at this. Oh, okay. So we can't reconcile that one verse with the rest of the Bible. We just have to focus on that one verse to the exclusion of all the other verses. No, that's not how, that's not how you interpret the Word of God. The Word of God is of no private interpretation, the Bible says. You know, so... But, I, again, I say that because there are so many especially now at the advent of the internet, there are so many little pseudo-Christian cults out there. I mean, it is unbelievable how many of them there are. There's no way I could cover it all. And they've both, they've all got their own little followings out there. People that are just, it's like they're desperate to be led. They're desperate to be sheep. And it's always like, if you were in a room by yourself, and you, and you were never exposed to any of this garbage you're espousing to, and all you had was the King James Bible, would you have ever come to that conclusion that you're believing now on your own? No, it was special, extra, revelatory information from God. Oh, really? Right. The Bible talks about if you add to His Word, at the very, it's, the, it's the very ending warning of the way the Bible reads. You add to His Word, He'll add unto you the, the plagues of this book. And if you take away, you'll take away your part out of the book of life. Not something I really want to be messing around with. I'll just leave it alone. You know? But in today's day and age, oh, my word. I mean, you, you get all kind of extra revelatory, supposedly revelatory, prophetic utterances. And so much of the time, these prophecies are time dependent and they don't come to pass. Oh, well, then they just ignore that. Well, oh, well, got this one wrong. Well, you know, Deuteronomy 18, you might have a problem with that. Because Deuteronomy 18 says the test of a prophet is he's supposed to nail it 100% of the time. And, if you go back a couple more chapters, the other part is that it has to line up with what the Word of God says. So, I mean, a fortune teller can get it right part of the time through demonic inter- uh, whatever. But, if what the fortune teller is saying also, if he doesn't get it right 100% of the time, and if it doesn't like the word of God, you know it's not of God. Well, you know if they're a fortune teller, it's not of God. But I see so many people following people that, are, that have put out prophecies for years, and if you go back and you've read the prophecies, and, I mean, there were things they were saying was going to happen, and they were time-dependent. They didn't come to pass with our false prophet. Well, well, can't we give them at least 40 chances? No, only 39. You give them 39, that's what the Bible says, and then you don't follow them. No, you don't give them any more. They're not hearing from God. It's a very serious thing. I mean, it it was so serious that if you were a false prophet, if you were found to be a false prophet in the Old Testament, it was a death sentence. They killed you. You were dead. Kind of a big deal to God, you know, if he says to kill somebody. So, um, again, be careful who who you're following. Let's go, uh, let's see. Well, let me just read this last sentence. Ahmadinejad, who called the Holocaust a myth, has previously called for Israel's annihilation. In a 2005 speech in which he used a Persian phrase that translates literally as wiped off the page of time. That's what Islam wants for Israel. That's what they want for Israel. And by Israel, I mean the Jews. They want them to be wiped off the page of... They want them to be erased from the history. 
I mean, that's all they want. I mean, come on. You know, their heart's in the right place, right? I mean, that's, 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 that's their only solution. That is the only thing they will ever be fully happy with. Period. That's their religion. Next article. Uh, a series of public statements and private communications from the Israeli leadership in recent weeks set off renewed concerns in the Obama administration that Israel might be preparing a unilateral military strike on Iran, perhaps as early as this fall. After, But after a flurry of high-level visits, including one by Defense Secretary Liam Panetta to Israel on Wednesday, a number of administration officials say they remain hopeful that Israel has no immediate plans to attack and may be willing to let the United States take the lead in a future military strike, which they say would not occur until next year at the earliest. The conversations are part of a delicate negotiation between the United States and Israel that have intensified over the past months. On Wednesday, they continued with Mr. Panetta, who appeared with the Israeli Defense Minister Ehud Barak and declared that the United States would stand by Israel if Iran developed a nuclear weapon. We better... Because when we turn against Israel, oh, just read that Bill, Bill Koning's book uh, on this subject, where he documents over and over and over again, and I've covered this in previous teachings, that every time we do something to strong-arm Israel into giving up more land or making more concessions to the Palestinians, or, or to, the, to the Muslims, I should say, that America gets hammered by some horrific natural disaster in a very short period of time afterward. I think it's called like the, the Eye of something. It's Bill Koenig. It's, it's unreal. I mean, it's documented over and over again. It's, it's not our imagination. So, you know, you don't, you don't oh, you know, Israel. They're, they're, you know, why is it then, if God's done with Israel, that every time we go against them in any way, shape, or form, or every time we encourage them to do the wrong thing, from a Bibli- and I'm not saying Israel's perfect, okay? I'm not acting like like John Hagee, like they believe that, you know, oh, whatever Israel does is fine, and, and they're saved just by the mere blood that runs through their veins. It's called ethnic salvation, and they, we don't need to witness to them because they, they're all saved anyway. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that carte blanche b- believe everything they're doing is puritanical and, and, and good and holy and pure just because they're Israel. I'm, I'm trying to have balance here, okay? So... We just have to have, you know, look at that in, in that particular way. Now, let's go further. Um, and it said, declare that the United States would stand by Israel if Iran developed a nuclear weapon. And just today on, on the Drudge Report. I, and I, I didn't include it in this study, but I'm just going to click into that real quick on my computer here. Um, oh, great. There's, there's been a bloodbath today in Wisconsin. Um, there's some... <laughs> Ah, oh, I can see this one. A white male shooter in his 30 run, walks into a Sikh temple, which is a, a religion, kind of in India. Some Arabs are that. It's kind of a computer with the Muslim religion. I don't know a ton about that one. I've never done teaching on it. But police say at least seven people, including the gunmen, were killed in a shooting at a Sikh temple in Milwaukee on Sunday. Uh Police were called to respond to a shooting. Uh, let's see. Witness uh, Sonny Sin of Milwaukee said a friend pulled into the temple's parking lot, heard shots, saw two people fall down. So, again, this is going to be you know a demonize, demonization of white middle class people. Now, I'm not saying that because if it was a black guy, okay, whatever. But I'm just saying 
It's a fact that the government has labeled terroristic people the most dangerous ones that, that the government is to fear as like, you know, middle class, Bible-believing, whether they're black, white, or whatever. But that type of demographic... And I'm sure that's what they're probably going to try to label on this guy. The Aurora shooting didn't work as good as they wanted it to work. Gun sales went up 40% the week after that in Colorado. It had the exact opposite effect. So now they're going to have to try to demonize guns more and more and more and more. And they're going to have more and more of these basically MK Ultra mind control slaves that they keep triggering over and over and over again until they finally get what they want, which is total confiscation of guns which would be the equivalent of the Holocaust in this country. Because if they got all, their, all the guns of the people in America, they would be able to come in and just not even have to worry about all the, the, the killing and the massacring they're going to do. And again, I've documented that before. Every time there's total gun bans in countries, whether you look at Hitler, Stalin, Pol Pot, Mao Zedong, they come in and they kill everybody. And don't tell me Obama's any better than any of them. He's right, he's right up there with those devils. So... And again, I know Obama's a puppet on a string too, but guaranteed there would be a wholesale annihilation of people in America on a, on a level you've never, ever seen if they took all the guns from people in America. And then I have, like, this one guy emailed me, he says, no, guns could never be used for any good ever. You're wrong. You're teaching this heresy. You're getting, you know, all this. And I'm like, okay, so if you have a gun and you use it to stop a crime or a murder, and you don't even kill anybody, just the mere presence of guns shows in Kennesaw, Georgia, in particular, where they every household had a gun. Their crime level dropped to like almost nothing. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, that's wicked and evil. The crime level needs to be really, really high. The, the criminals need to come in and kill us and do whatever they want, rape our wives, and do whatever they want. And, and if, if the people didn't have, if, if all the people didn't have guns, they could come in and do that and kill everybody and rape and pillage and do whatever they want. And that's what we need to do. We just need to give in to evil and not resist it at all. Oh, that, that's biblical. It's biblical for, for a guy to come in and with a gun because I've been disarmed and to rape my wife and my daughter and, and steal us blind and maybe kill us all. That, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. It's a proven fact that guns prevent crimes, prevent murders. Wherever the population is more and more armed, a lawful population that is armed, the crime level will continue to drop and drop and drop. Murder rates drop. These are all sinful, evil things that are dropping. So you have to look at the fruit of something. And the fruit of gun control is wickedly evil. When you disarm a populace, the, the wicked government comes in and commits wholesale murder. So are you going to say that's good? Well, yes it is. It's, it's good that they come in and kill us all and rape and pillage and do whatever they want to us. And we just lay down like little jellyfish and not resist or do anything. That's, that's good. It's of God. Okay, if you want to believe that, go ahead. I beg to differ. You know, we're supposed to defend the innocent and the fatherless and the widows. You know, as, as particularly a man. We're supposed to defend those that can't defend themselves. That is a noble godly, worthy thing. But there are deluded Christians out there that would say the exact opposite. Well, the Bible says turn the other cheek. Yeah, it does. One-on-one -on -one type of scenario where that would happen, sure. 
But does that mean let them come in and rape and pillage and kill your family and do nothing and just sit there and praise God while they're doing it and show what a little coward that you are? I don't think so. I mean, just have a common sense point of view on this. I mean, common sense would dictate that is not a righteous thing. Things that are righteous are apparent. It's not something, you know, I mean, and then just compare it with the word of God. So, anyway, um, so now we've got this shooting that just took place this year, or, I mean, today, which will be used to further demonize guns and further us along the lines of finally implementing total gun bans and gun control, because it was the gun that did it. See, the crazy thing in the Sikh shooting is that it was just a gun that came in. It was, there was no guy. It was just a gun. He just kind of had little legs, and he kind of like, he, he walked in, and he, he was like, I'm mad at you. I'm a gun. I'm, I'm evil. I'm wicked. And he just starts shooting everybody. He had a little mouth. He had a little bow tie. He had, he had suspenders. It was a nice look. It was a nice look. You know, he had a J. Crew shirt. The whole nine yards. I, I couldn't believe it. But yeah, it was the gun that did it. It was, it was the gun. The gun, like money, like a lot of things, can be either used for good or evil. It takes on the personality of the possessor. The gun could be used for righteous purposes, defending the innocent, the widows, the orphans, the fatherless, your family. Preventing murder. Just the mere presence of a gun in the house will prevent many criminals from coming in. If they know a population is heavily armed, they will not commit the crime to begin with, so therefore the sin is never committed. Isn't that a good thing? No, it's wicked and evil. How dare you? I'm a liberal Christian. How dare you? A liberal Christian. Ah. Now that's an oxymoron. But in today's day and age, anything goes. I mean, people are going off the deep end. I was, I was driving the other day, and I'm like in this parking lot, and this there's like a car on the side, and a car's coming toward me. I stop. To literally let this car come around the other car and go. Okay? I actually had the right of way. I was being nice. So I stopped well ahead, let the car come around, and I, and I look over thinking the person's going to be waving at me, and it's, it's, I thought it was a guy, but it turned out to be a woman, just screaming at me. Looked like she was so demon-possessed to the toenails, she could hardly, whatever. I don't know if she just got out of a COVID meeting or what. But I mean, I'm thinking, am I in the twilight zone? She, I mean, I, I, she had her window up, but I could tell she was probably cussing. You know, every profanity you could possibly ever imagine in your head. Wishing that I was just rotting in hell, you know, on, on the, the, the seventh lowest dirge of hell with Osmodius taking his pitchfork and, 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 and putting it into my body and every demon from hell, like, ripping me apart. I could tell that was kind of what her intentions was. And I'm thinking... Am I going nuts? I just let her around. I was nice. I wasn't mean. I was trying to be nice. Evidently, she took it the wrong way. And interpreted it a little bit differently than I intended. I I thought, I'm just like, man, it's like the world is going absolutely, totally insane. So now you do something nice for somebody and they, you know, they think of 400 different ways they can kill you. How dare you? Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. 
that, that's what happened to me the other day. It was, it was a really interesting experience there. Okay, sorry. Back to my main story here. Um, this is just, I just saw this on Drudge today. And then when I opened up the Drudge page, then, of course, some other new horrific current event, like the Sikh shooting, just happened. So I figured I should mention that. Um, Iran test fires short-range miss- missile. This is just top of the Drudge report today. So, I mean, Iran has fired an upgraded version of the Fatah 110 short-range ballistic missile in a, quote, successful test in its ability to hit stationary land or sea targets. Um he says he called the missile a detriment and said it will only be used against those who have bad intentions towards the Islamic Republic of Iran. Yeah, right. Um, so, anyway, this is just one more thing that ratchets up, you know, the the whole war-mongering dialogue. This is just one more thing that literally stuff's occurring on a daily basis now that ratchets that up. Um, I'm going back to the main article. In Jerusalem, Mr. Netanyahu continued on Wednesday through his tough rhetoric of recent days, arguing that sanctions against Iran were largely useless. Right now, the Iranian regime believes that the international community does not have the will to stop its nuclear program. Mr. Netanyahu said, this must change and must change quickly because time to resolve this issue peacefully is running out. In Israel, there remains feverish speculation that Mr. Netanyahu will act in September or early October. Uh, Besides the Prime Minister's fear that Israel's window of opportunity will close soon, analysts cite several reasons for the potential timing. Israel does not like to fight wars in winter. Mr. Netanyahu feels that he will have less leverage if President Obama is re-elected. In other words, if if Obama gets in there for a second term, the gloves are, if you think it's bad now, the gloves are going to be totally off. Because he's not going to have to worry about being reelected again. Chances are, in that particular time frame, if he were to get in there before martial law was implemented, once he does implement martial law, guess what? He gets to stay for as long as martial law is there. That's part of martial law. The president won't step down. So what a nightmare scenario that would be. You know, you've got Satan literally in a, in a permanent position at the head of the United States. So, um... And then he goes on to say, and if Mr. Romney were to win, the new president would be unlikely to want to take on a big military action early in his term. In other words, Netanyahu feels like if he acts, he's going to have to act before the election, September, October. Who knows, maybe before then. I mean, the way, see, the way Iran's ratcheting things up, and the whole thing with Imam Mahdi, which brings the religious aspect into it, they're a weighted savior, who knows? So, then he goes on, it goes on to say, if I were Iranian, I would be very fearful of the next 12 weeks, says Ephraim Havili, a former chief of, of Israeli's intelligence agency and national security advisor. So, Iran, Israel's doing their, their share of threatening as well toward this. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and stop there. I've already went over my time for part one, and we'll go to part two next. God bless you. Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-R, Boulevard West, Number 202, Third Line, 
Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.